Hey. You're listening to Big Talk with Big Nate, brought to you by The Daily Goat, your go-to place for the latest news in baseball. And strike three called. They haven't been to the World Series since 2000, and the Mets are on their way back. Football. Rex Ryan said, I have to be better than Bill Belichick on one day. Put it on the two of them early in the week. It was that early interception that certainly changed the momentum to Harris play. Didn't lead the points, but it looked like right out of the gates that the Patriots were going to be taking it down and scoring. It was a whole lot tougher for that offensive unit the rest of the day. Basketball. Lynn puts it up. Movies. Avengers! Assemble. And TV shows. I'm Daredevil. And now the host of Big Talk with Big Nate, Nate Olshan. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of Big Talk with Big Nate. Here I am to talk about my Knicks and to talk about the Islanders. And why am I talking about the Knicks and the Islanders? Because they're both in the playoffs. It's been a great, great season for both teams, both in the playoffs. Knicks are trailing the Hawks in the first playoff series, the first round of the playoffs, I should say, 3-1. to one. Whatever happens, happens. It's been a very fun season for the Knicks. It's been fun to watch this team actually playing well for once. It's been great to see them in the playoffs. It's been great to see them being the talk of the basketball world to an extent. Like as many people say in the NBA world, when the Knicks are good, it's good for the NBA. It's good for the city of New York because New Yorkers are Knicks fans. Brooklyn Nets, they can do all they want. But at the end of the day, New York is a Knicks city. It really is. We've seen it from the Madison Square Garden. We've seen these fans come out. We've seen them be extremely happy to root for this team for the first time in years. And it's going to be interesting to see what this team does in the offseason because obviously there's a dark cloud looming around looming around the team with their owner James Dolan who many people in the NBA world whether it's players, fans, coaches or what what have you they don't want to come to the Knicks because of James Dolan and I think that'll change now because we have Tom Thibodeau who is a competent head coach and we've seen him bring competence into the, into the organization. We've seen Leon Rose bring competence into the organization as a future agent turned president of basketball operations. Scott Perry has done a pretty good job as a general manager over his course, over during his tenure since filling in for Phil Jackson. And it's been a big year for this team. Tom Thibodeau is a guy that is a head coach that kind of has... I don't want to say a bad rap. I think that's a little much. He's highly respected. A lot, of, a lot of players and coaches respect this guy, but he gets a knock from the big-time players, the big-time stars, because they don't want to play with him because he's, he, he coaches too hard during practice. He makes practice more, in their minds, more than what it should be. But we've seen what he's what he's done. And towards, towards the end of the regular season when the Knicks clinched a playoff berth and they had a huge win, over, I believe it was the Bobcats. What did Tom Thibodeau do? He canceled practice the next day. He canceled practice, told the guys to take a break for the whole week, actually, and didn't have practice for the whole week because players were playing well and the team was just on fire. He always thought he, that he'd give them, thought that he'd give them a break, and he didn't. Players loved it. 
players respected it, and we now might could have a chance to deal with the Brooklyn Nets did a couple years back. So if you don't remember the season when the Knicks, I'm uh, sorry, when the Nets signed Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. That was in the offseason after the 2019 season. And in that 2019 season, the Nets weren't seen as a playoff team. They really weren't. They were a sixth seed. They played the Philadelphia 76ers in the playoffs, and they lost in six games. And it proved to players, it proved to obviously Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that Brooklyn was a destination. It was a place to come to because they had a good team around them if they were to join there. They had a very good team with Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert before they traded him in the James Harden trade. They had a good team surrounding them where if they were to come there, they could push them over the hump. They can make them be the number two seed in the Eastern Conference this year now and be a dominant force in the playoffs going forward. And they did that, and here they are in the playoffs, back to probably knock off the Celtics, lead the series 3-2. It's going to be interesting to see how they go. They proved to the basketball world that they were a destination, and I feel like the Knicks now have as well. Julius Randle has had a phenomenal season. And if it wasn't for Kevin Durant going to Brooklyn, we never would have had Julius Randle. Julius Randle was our fallback option. We gave him a three-year, something close to $60 million, somewhere in that vicinity. And he's obviously been phenomenal this season. He's an MVP candidate. I'd have him in the finalist top three in my, in, in my vote. I wouldn't flat-out vote for him for the MVP. I'd probably give that to probably... I'd probably give it to Chris Paul, maybe maybe Steph Curry. Wouldn't have given it to Julius Randle. But he, at the end of the day, though, he is a finalist for the MVP in my mind. He's had a monster season. R.J. Barrett had a pretty bad year last year, a rookie season, but he's had a very nice bounce-back season. Derrick Rose has been a big mentor, yes. Shout-out to the president of the Daily Goat, Jason Pombo. He's been, a big, he's been a big mentor. Players have rallied around him, learned from him. Specifically, Emmanuel Quickly, who drafted in the second round in this past year's draft, who a lot of people laughed at, and he's proven to be a very valuable player going forward. Who can hit, who can rain threes, very suitable uh, shooting guard. This team has just been great. Nerlens Noel is filled in for Mitchell Robinson, who's been out with two injuries now. He should be back sometime soon if we go to the second round against the whoever we f- would face next in the second round, but it seem like it might happen. But it's been a very good year for the Knicks all around and I think that they've done a great job at proving to the NBA world that they're nest that they're a destination because at the end of the day it's New York players do want to come to New York City they just don't want to come here for James Dolan and I think now that Dolan has t- taken a step back he's given the reins to Leon Rose to Scott Perry to Tom Thibodeau you have that foundation that can now attract players but here we are with this kind of I don't want to say how, how should I how should I phrase this? Kind of like a uh, a test season, where in this shortened NBA season because of the pandemic, it was a seventy two regular season season instead of the eighty two. Knicks were forty one and thirty one, ten games above five hundred for the first time in a very very long time. They were above five hundred too for the first time, and even for the last five six years, it's been fun to watch this team, and they don't even have a star. And now if they get a star, could that be Kawhi Leonard if he opts out of his Clippers contract? Could it be Damian Lillard if he requests a trade from Portland? Could it be Donovan Mitchell, who just signed a big contract this last offseason, who now might be requesting a trade because he's a little upset with how Utah's been handling him? Should have been back for the start of the playoffs, but they didn't. They rested him. 
And they're still resting him, which, yes, it's Utah. They're one of the top teams in the Western Conference, one of the top teams in the NBA. Rest the guy all you want, I guess, but he's your star, and it's the playoffs. And he wants to play if he feels like he's ready to play. If the doctors say that he can come back, which they have been saying that he can, make him play, let him play. But, yeah, it's been a rough series for the Knicks. Uh, Julius Randle hasn't really done much in this playoffs. And Game 4, which we sadly lost, he had a finally started to wake up a little bit, but... The team didn't really do much around him. They've been going for too many threes. They're 25 of 82 from the three-point line in these first four games of the playoffs, and that needs to change. Derrick Rose is 6 of 18 for threes. You can't have him being the leading three-point scorer in the playoffs. You, you just can't. And the team needs to step up. And with now being down 3-1, to one, make it a fun rest of the series. Win another game or two. Do something. Because it was a nice, very nice, it wasn't even a nice season. It was a great season for the Knicks. They were the four seed in the in the Eastern Conference. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw them being a playoff team. They saw them being bottom of the bottom of the league kind of team, bottom of the conference. And we were the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference at 41 and 31. You do not want to be embarrassed in the playoffs. Would a 4-1 series series loss be embarrassing? I think it would after this great regular season that we had, especially when they beat the Hawks uh 3-1 in the regular season, I believe. It was something like that. Then you lose to them 4-1 in the playoffs. Shouldn't happen. Win another game or two. Do something. Stay alive for a little bit longer. Series now back in MSG for two more games. Tie the series up at three. Tie a 3-3. Go back to Atlanta. And then stomp them in their home, in their, at, at their home court. Do something to stay alive. But it's been a fun season for the Knicks. It has been. It's been great to see them in the playoffs again because, as I keep saying... I haven't seen that in such a long time. I haven't. Please, Knicks, do something. But I'm looking at this offseason as being a very interesting one for the Knicks. They could be on the trade market for a star. They could be on the trade on the free agent market as well. They, they're going to have a lot of money in cap space. They're going to have about sixty something million dollars in cap space. One of the best, one of the most cap space, one of the most cap spaces by any team in the league is what they're going to have. So they can bring in a star through trade or via free agency, and it's going to be a big golf season for the Knicks because they've had this team now that is a playoff team. Obviously, we're here now. They have a lot of depth, but they, they are in need of a superstar. They just don't have him. Is R.J. Barrett going to be a superstar anytime soon in the NBA? I don't think he'll ever be a superstar, but I think that he'll be a very nice number two option to a star, to a Damian Lillard, to a Donovan Mitchell, to a Kawhi Leonard. Someone like that. Maybe they bring in two of those guys. Maybe Kawhi Leonard opts out of his contract and he wants to play for New York, which he was considering the Knicks already in the same offseason that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving went to the Brooklyn Nets. Kawhi Leonard was thinking about the Knicks. He was, and he chose the Clippers instead. And now with them being a playoff team with no superstar, Julius Randle coming out of nowhere, will he do it again? I don't know. So I don't think he, players are to look at Randall as a guy that could be their number two guy. I think they're going to look more of it as R.J. Barrett slash Randall, seeing those two guys be very good to be their kind of like their their supporters in a way. Could we also reel in a Donovan Mitchell or a Damian Lillard if they request a trade? I think we could. The Knicks have two first-round draft picks from the Dallas Mavericks this season and next season. As is right now, the Knicks will have the 16th and 21st overall picks in this year's NBA draft. First round picks is really all what it's about 
in the NBA in terms of the draft. You really want to have a top 20 draft pick, and that's really what's seen as value on the trade market with a first-round pick. The Knicks have 16 and 21, so they basically have that, two of them. They can package those two, and then maybe next year's Knicks first-round pick or the Dallas first-round pick, and then maybe Mitch Robinson. And you can use those uh, draft pick assets. You can use Mitch Robinson to maybe attract a Damian Lillard or Donovan Mitchell if either one of them requests a trade. Which one would I go with? I'm not really sure. I think it's kind of a toss-up. I look at Damian Lillard as a guy that has had CJ McCollum for many years with him down there in Portland. He's had some other guys occasionally, no one really of note like those two. And they were a great regular season team that goes to the playoffs like they did this year. But they just don't have what it takes to be a playoff, to be a deep playoff threat. You put Damian Lillard on the Knicks, and I think he's obviously the focal part of that team. He's the face of the team, face of the franchise at that point. 30-year-old kind of guy. He's getting up there in age a little bit, showing no sign of slowing down. He's still a top 10, top 15 player in the sport. I'd say he's top 5, but many people don't say he is. So whatever, he's top 10, 15, whatever. He's an elite player, one of the elites in the NBA. No one can argue with that. You put him on the Knicks, he's title hungry. You let him pair up with R.J. Barrett. You have them as the you have Damian Lillard as the point guard, R.J. Barrett as shooting guard, Julius Randle. As the power forward, you then have Nerlens Noel as the center, and then at small forward, you have, I don't know, whoever you want to go with. Obi Toppin, Kevin Knox, give him a shot, whatever. Free agency signing, another trade, I don't care. You have a great team right then and there. And then you have a team that could potentially be a playoff contender. Even with Donovan Mitchell, you see what Donovan Mitchell does. He's a he's the face of that Utah Jazz team, and the Utah Jazz, for the last two or three seasons, have been one of the top three teams in the sport. So reeling in one of those two guys with maybe a Kawhi Leonard, would be very cool to see. I don't think Kawhi Leonard's going to opt out, but there's a chance that he could. And if he does opt out, I think he's going to the Knicks. I do. He almost went there in 2019. Almost went there. Now they've proven to the world that they are a competent organization. So who, who time will tell as to who we get, but I think we're going to get someone big in the offseason for sure. Now let's go on to the Islanders. So the Islanders won their first... Um, Playoff series, they beat the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, 4-2 in the first round. And here we are on the second round of the playoffs. And game one, they got a little bit embarrassed by uh, the Boston Bruins. But they won game two last night. They won the game. uh, It was a big game. Big game. They lost the first game to the Bruins on Saturday night 5-2. And then they won last night in overtime 4-3. So it's been a very... Another team. It's been a very fun Islanders season. The Islanders for the last couple of years have been a playoff team. They've always been a team that's been very fun to watch. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals last season, and they were two wins away of going to the Stanley Cup. This year, they're 32-17-7. They've been really fun. They've been very, very fun to watch. Ilya Sorokin, the top goalie prospect in the sport, has been very great for the Islanders this year. He's uh, 13-6. With uh, three overtime losses, he has three shutouts. He has a 2.17 goals against the average with a 9.18 save percentage. Simeon Verlamov has been the kind of the go-to guy, though, but they've really been moving in. Sorokin has been the top guy, but Verlamov is 19-11 and 11 with four overtime, overtime losses, seven shutouts, a 2.04 goals against the average, and a 9.29 save percentage. It's been a very great goalie tandem for the Islanders. It's been, it's been very... Very fun to watch these two guys goaltend. 
just been it's it's been great to see two goalies for the Islanders play well. It's never what it's usually been. It's always been like one guy or like half a guy who's half decent. <laughs> but it, it goalie is not the concern with the Islanders. It's more about just the team scoring. Like in the past and in this year, kind of in the regular season, the beginning of the year, really. It was really like the Islanders would go out scoring, they'd score two goals, and then they'd get all cocky and head smart, and they would just blow up, and the team would lose. But they're a very physical team. They're a very defensive-minded team, and I like that. I like that with Barry Trotz, with what he's done with the Islanders, what he's brought to this team from his time in Washington and in Nashville before then. It's It's been a fun team. It's been a very fun team. Now they're playing the Bruins, and... Everyone knows how my uh, how I think about Boston sports teams. They're not my they're not my favorite, but I always like to see them play each other. It's always fun. It's, it, it always is. Win or lose, at the end of the day, it's fun to see my teams play my friends' teams. And majority of my friends are Boston guys, so it's always fun to yank their chains when we win. We win. Kind of saving it. Not, I haven't really been rubbing it in anyone's faces about last night's game. I haven't been running. I've, I hadn't. I'd, I can't speak today. I'm sorry, everybody. I didn't rub it in anyone's faces last night when we won this game. Maybe I'm saving it for uh, the glory days in a few in a short week, maybe sooner. Maybe I'll never get to do it. <laughs> Who knows? Always fun to see my New York teams play play my uh, play my Boston friends' teams. Always fun to see that happen. Islanders Bruins. It's always like that in the playoffs. Now the Islanders beat the Bruins last year in the playoffs, and it's fun to see this happen again this year where they're facing off against one another. Two very great teams. Bruins in particular are just Brad Marchand's a great guy. He's 69 goals this season. I'm sorry, 69 points this season with 29 goals, 40 assists. Big year for him. Patrice Bergeron, I hate him. I really do. Had a hat trick in that first game Saturday night. I hate him. But uh Tuka Rask is a decent man. Bruins are an interesting team. I think this team is uh, the Islanders and Bruins are very very similar. They have the Bruins have more goalie depth. They have they have really three great goalies. Goalie wise, the Islanders and Bruins are very even. They don't really give up a whole lot of points. In terms of scoring, they're very kind of similar. They kind of score around similar amount of points a game. But at the end of the day, they're both very physical teams, and we've seen that a lot in this series already <laughs> through the first two games of the series out of seven. But I'm very intrigued to see how the series goes. I think it'll go to seven. I really do. But at the end of the day, I'm hoping for my Islanders, of course. And I think the Islanders will win the series. So shout out to Seth Corwin, fellow member of the Daily Goat, former guy of the 2C, the iconic suite at Curry College. The legend will never die. I hope my Islanders beat your Bruins, Seth. Still a good man. But yeah, Tory Krug. Who is he? Taylor Hall? Who the hell is Taylor Hall? No, no, no. They're, they're great players. They're great players. But... I like this Islanders team, and I think that it's been it's been fun to see them play very well over the last couple of years. We were almost to the Stanley Cup last year. I really want to see it happen this year. I think that would just be so much fun. Maybe to get out to a game if they do. But hopefully this Islanders team can pull through and do something. I think that they just have a lot going for them right now. They're a very physical hockey team. They have a lot of players like Barzil, Brock Nelson, Nick Letty, John Gabriel Pagu. Kyle Palmieri, a lot of guys that they traded from the New Jersey Devils that they got in that trade, which is very interesting, by the way. It's an in-division trade, same region kind of trade. The Islanders didn't really give up much for Kyle Palmieri and the other two great players that we got from them in the uh, in the trade, mid-season trade of the trade deadline, which was very weird because it was a 
midseason trade where obviously the Bruins, I'm sorry, the Devils were going in a kind of a uh, uh, a rebuild, if you will. They suck. They're terrible. But the Islanders got three of their star players, Cal Palmieri, and then the other two great guys. But didn't see that coming, especially to an individual team, especially for what we gave up. We gave up a second-round draft pick. That was the best asset that we gave. We gave up a second and a fourth-round draft pick for the for Cal Palmieri. This guy's great. This is, all three of the guys that we got are great. They're very strong, physical players, and they just add into our team even more. With John Gabriel Pagu, this team's got a lot of defensive players, a lot of great guys that like to hit the guy, that like to really get to the puck, and are very physical in their in their movements. Matt Martin, in particular, he's, he's our playoff star last year. He was always in, always up in the other team's face, always making good plays. Hopefully, this Islanders team can last. The 1-1 series tie right now, but here we, here we go. Here we go. I'm hyped. I'm excited to see what happens going forward. It's always fun to see this team in the playoffs. They're always very fun. Hockey, playoff hockey, there's just really nothing better than that. It's really fun. And I say this every year. I'm always going to watch hockey regular season. I watched it as much as I could this during this regular season. Islanders are never really on TV. I don't get the MSG network, so I couldn't really watch every game. But I watch hockey whenever I can, and it's always very fun to watch. It's a physical sport, great sport. It's a fun sport to watch as well. It's not much you need to really know about it unless you want to follow the stats, which in every sport nowadays, stats are a little bit more than what they should be, particularly in baseball. But it's a fun sport, and nothing's better than playoff hockey. But, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening in. That'll wrap it up for my podcast this week. There were three of them. So, yeah, everybody... Keep on listening. Thank you all for checking out The Daily Goat. Thank you all for checking out my podcast. It means a lot. It's always great to be on here and talk about what I love. Talk about sports, talk about movies, TV shows, what have you. Thank you, everybody. Remember, be happy, stay happy. Or stay happy, be happy. I've already got my catchphrase. Big night out.